Welcome to Faith to Live By, a podcast that I originated in the summer of 2020. I'm Pam Christian, your host, and the writer and producer for that matter. Each week, I endeavor to bring you a message of hope and direction, specific for the times in which we live. I don't know about you, but I, for one, am sick and tired of generic messages that have no direct application or bearing on my life today. Don't misunderstand me, please. I recognize general messages are good messages and can be applied to my life in a general manner. But in times like these, especially times like these, I need messages that are going to fortify me and provide me with specific action I can take to be an overcomer. This year of 2020 has been unprecedented in every way, and generic messages are more frustrating than no message at all. When I'm drowning, I don't want a message about the importance of faith. I want a message on how to swim, or better yet, how to quickly assemble a boat. It's a gross understatement to say that the year 2020 has been the most difficult year of our lifetimes, and not just for us here in America, but for the entire world. When I seek the Lord's help so I can garner His wisdom and direction to overcome real-world difficulties, I don't expect God to send me a pastor with a message about tithing. Yet that's what I heard at the height of the stress of this year of COVID-19, with all the isolations, the lockdowns, media mania, conflicting reports from so-called news services, incredible election fraud, mass exposure of corruption, blatant tyranny, um, murderous destructive riots in the streets, and so-called leaders failing to lead, and so much more, I heard messages about tithing. Yes, I know God blesses us when we give, but he also knows when the devil has come in like a devastating flood that temporarily prevents us from even having enough to help our own family survive, let alone tithe. What would motivate a pastor to provide a message about tithing when the flock is grossly suffering financially, emotionally, physically, mentally, and spiritually? I've given this a lot of thought, and I understand because I have been through serious hard times, financial hard times, to the point of losing our house to foreclosure, being unemployed for four years. I understand what financial hardships are like. And I also understand the principle of continuing to demonstrate our faith by not failing to tithe. But was it sensitive of pastors to teach about tithing in the times of such loss? Many people have lost their livelihoods altogether. Lots of businesses have gone under and will not even be able to start up again. I couldn't help but question the sensitivity or the motivation of pastors teaching about tithing when people are suffering so much. What we need is leadership that helps us see beyond the natural and to the more lasting impact of the spiritual. In the year 2020, we have seen God reveal the genuine from the fake, the true from the hypocritical, the self-serving to the God-serving. Rampant heartache, born of broken trust, which destroys hope, has characterized the year of 2020. And if this is you, I am deeply sorry for your pain. But please understand, pastors and those in leadership who are failing to lead God's people to victory that Christ has already secured for us are not being led by God. There, I said it. Anyone who is frustrating people or leading them into greater fear, isolation, chaos, hopelessness, despair, and the like are simply not of God. 
So you can imagine my elation to the point of tears when a woman I'm connected with on LinkedIn sent me this message. I have to share it with you so you can share in my joy and be encouraged for truth, trust, and hope that are still very much available. She wrote, Merry Christmas, Pamela. I just listened to your most recent podcast, The Power of Worship Ushers in God's Plan. God bless you for using your prophetic voice to speak truth and to warn and to equip the saints in this hour. I believe a 30-minute spot is long enough and you hit on current events, provide research, seasoned with the Word of God. I played it aloud so my mom could hear. She sat there and listened the entire time before she left her seat. Amen. I am grateful for that. I now am interested in listening to some of your other podcasts. There are not many that I would invest my time in, but I must say that Faith to Live By is a podcast that I can learn, grow, and share with others. Thank you for sharing with me. Have a sensational Saturday. You better believe I had a sensational Saturday. Those words are affirming to what I do each and every week, trying to reach you, trying to help you, trying to help all of us find the victory Christ has already died to provide us, no matter what we're actually enduring in our day-to-day lives. Each week, I sit down to prayerfully craft a message that I believe will help you with your real-life issues today in this current hour of need. And unless I hear from you, I have no way of knowing if spending my time, talents, and treasures in writing, producing, and editing, and posting my podcasts and articles are of any value to you or not. There are a lot of vocational pastors and leaders who, in my opinion, offer what I call faith fluff, which is why we don't see many bold, courageous, outspoken Christians making a difference in this world. They simply have not been taught or equipped for the real world battle. Instead, they've been taught to keep to themselves in their holy huddles, stay out of politics, gender issues, abortion, or anything else that's controversial, and just wait for Jesus to return. Well, I refuse to be counted among those leaders. I want to make a difference with my life, and I want to make a significant difference in the lives of others. The only work I want to put my hands to is the work that makes kingdom difference for the benefit of many and all for the glory of God. I don't earn anywhere near enough to make a living with my podcasts, my books, or other ministry efforts. Instead, all the work I do under Pamela Christian Ministries has actually been an expense for myself and my husband. While you will hear me ask you to provide support to me through availing of my sponsors, I don't ever ask for donations. No one can attribute any motive to me other than my wanting to be a true disciple of Christ in all I do and in all that I am for the benefit of many and for the glory of God. So, my message today, as we've just entered the new year of 2021, is to encourage you to trust the plan maker. When everything in the natural is seemingly compromised, corrupt, and defiled, God and his character His will and his intentions for humanity remain the same. Humanity will always let us down, but God never will. If you are struggling with trusting God, of maintaining an unwavering faith in God, I ask you to listen intently to the message. Let the Holy Spirit minister to your entire being and allow him to help you discern the truth that you need to restore trust and to reinvigorate hope. 
If I were to characterize the year of 2020, I would have to say it has been the year of shattering virtually all trust. The enemy of God knows trust is everything. He knows without trust, there can be no hope. Without hope, there is no direction. Without direction, there is no advancement. Without advancement, all that's left is decline, delay, falling back, falling off, relapse, retrogression, and retreat. Such defeat and hopelessness are not what Jesus died to have us experience. Before he gave up his life, Jesus told his disciples, which includes you and me today, to occupy until he returns. To occupy means to hold our ground, to not give up, to not fall back. Yet that's not what the church has done in recent decades. Instead of occupying, we have fallen back. We have lost ground. We have acquired the mindset of giving up. In our extended decades of creature comforts, we have come to trust in ourselves, our abilities, our possessions. Through our own complacency, evil has been permitted to flourish in our midst. We have failed to restrain the increase of evil by remaining faithful to Christ's instruction to occupy. It's been the gross realization of the extent of evil in 2020 that has awakened us out of our stupor. God has been busy exposing the corruption to wake us up, to bring us back to placing our trust and faith in Him through repentance and prayer, seeking God to heal our hearts and to heal our land. God's revelation of sin in our midst is an exceedingly ugly process, but a necessary process to wake us up and position us in the path of victory Christ has already attained for us. God has severely tested our faith in Him in the year of 2020, first revealing that our faith has been in many other things and people. As COVID-19 was revealed and people in positions of power and influence found ways to use this pandemic to control us, our initial response was to dutifully obey the mandates of those in leadership because we trusted they had our best interest in high regard. Over the months, however, through inconsistent media and medical reports, hypocritical behaviors from respected leaders, and more, we've learned many people we have trusted have not only failed us, but have used us to promote their own greed, power, and agenda. Our first response to this betrayal is shock and disbelief. It takes great effort to process the truth we finally realized about those we trusted. In this, however, God has caused us to realize we have come to trust other people and things above God. When we realize we've trusted people who are unworthy of our trust and that these people have secretly conspired against us, we are left with feelings of utter lack of control. We are thrust into the realization that we are oppressed, manipulated, and the pain of betrayal runs to the very core of our being. We have seen little glimmer of hope here and there with events since the election of 2016, with an unexpected upswing in the economy, a downturn in unemployment, the temporary opening up of travel and commerce, only to see that these hopes were dashed. In all of this, God is revealing to us in what and whom we actually place our faith. How will we respond? 
Will we be like the Hebrews whom God delivered out of slavery and in the process of delivery found themselves up against the Red Sea with Pharaoh's army closing in on them? What did many of them conclude in this apparently impending time of death? Well, many cried out, wanting to be returned to the slavery of the Egyptians. Talk about distrusting God. They had just witnessed God miraculously send 10 devastating plagues upon the Egyptians that did not impact the Hebrews whatsoever. And God demonstrated his power, his compassion, and desire for his people to be set free to worship him. And even with all that, only a remnant of people held out faith in God. And because of the faith of a few, God parted the Red Sea to provide a miraculous way of escape, which benefited even those who doubted. So it is today. There is just a few, just a remnant of people who are resolute in their faith. And for the sake of these few, God will open the way of escape for all who call on his name. But we must learn from history. Those who benefited from the remnant who safely escaped on dry ground through the parted waters did not have a change of heart once they reached the other side. The test of their personal faith was not successful, and when they complained again and again on the other side of the Red Sea, God removed them from the remnant because their faith was not sufficient to allow them to enter the promised land. I ask you, examine your heart. Where do you stand in this? Are you part of the remnant? Are you still part of those who are doubting, even though God is visibly showing himself at work in our midst? We must understand 2020 has been a year of severely testing our faith, not to defeat us, but to fortify us and bring us into the promised land. The promised land in our case is a restoration of God's people in America and around the world. The promised land in our case is to see God's justice be done on earth as it is in heaven. Oswald Chambers is one of my favorites, and he wrote a most fitting message called The Discipline of Spiritual Perseverance. He wrote, quote, Perseverance is more than endurance. It is endurance combined with absolute assurance and certainty that what we are looking for is going to happen. Perseverance means more than just hanging on, which may be only exposing our fear of letting go and falling. Perseverance is our supreme effort of refusing to believe that our hero is going to be conquered. Our greatest fear is not that we will be damned, but that somehow Jesus Christ will be defeated. Also, our fear is that the very things our Lord stood for, love, justice, forgiveness, and kindness among men, will not win out in the end and will represent an unattainable goal for us. Then there is the call to spiritual perseverance, a call not to hang on and do nothing, but to work deliberately, knowing with certainty that God will never be defeated. If our hopes seem to be experiencing disappointment right now, it simply means that they are being purified. Every hope or dream in the human mind will be fulfilled if it is noble and of God. But one of the greatest stresses in life is the stress of waiting for God. He brings fulfillment because you have kept my commandment to persevere. 
according to Revelations 3.10. Continue to persevere spiritually. End quote. In keeping with the premise that trust is everything, let us consider without trust, there is no beneficial relationship. It is true in our earthly relationships, and it's true in our spiritual relationship with God. Unless we properly know Him, we will not properly trust Him, and this means we have no beneficial relationship with Him. I've said many times, if we truly and accurately know God, we cannot help but trust Him. Trust truly is everything. Especially in light of the year 2020 and the exposure of men and women whom we have previously trusted, consider just a few quotes about trust. A single lie discovered is enough to create doubt in every truth expressed. Trust takes years to build, seconds to break, and forever to repair. Trust starts with truth and ends with truth. And another quote that I can hear myself saying, I'm not upset that you lied to me. I'm upset that from now on, I can't believe you. And another quote, Trust is the glue of life. It's the most essential ingredient in effective communication. It's the foundational principle that holds all relationships. And this quote was actually attributed to Stephen R. Covey. And the one that seems especially applicable in light of the massive deception that's been forced upon us in the year 2020 and even today is this, quote, Stop asking me to trust you while I'm still coughing up water from the last time you let me drown. <laughs> 2020 has been a year where God has forced the exposure of corruption in each of the seven mountains of society, religion, business, family, education, government, arts and entertainment, and the media. There is not a single area of society and culture that has not had God's light shined upon it to disclose to us the gross extent of evil and corruption that have been permitted to increase while the church looks the other way entirely disengaged from culture and society. This is not the church Jesus will return for. Until the church takes her rightful place, makes herself ready as the pure and spotless victorious bride, we can expect more of what we've encountered in the year of 2020. Let that sink in. You know, Jesus made clear as the church we are to take authority over evil of every kind, and then to occupy until he returns. In the parable of the talents we read about in Matthew 25, verses 14 to 30, two of the king's subjects knew him well enough to do what they could to advance his kingdom by increasing the wealth that he entrusted to them. But one did not believe the king to be honorable or trustworthy, so he merely hid the talent given him in the ground, doing nothing to bring increase. That man was called a wicked and lazy servant. We read the king's response, quote, You wicked and slothful servant. You knew, and I think believed is a better word here, you believed that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have scattered no seed? Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers, and at my coming I should have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has the ten talents. For to everyone who has will be given more, and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness. In that place there will be 
weeping and gnashing of teeth. The servant, who did not believe the king to be honorable or trustworthy, maintained a wrong belief or understanding about the king. He had been lied to about the king's character and believed the lie without ever examining his beliefs to see if they were based on truth. It was his belief in a lie about the king that motivated his actions that got him sentenced into outer darkness. I watched an interview by Steve Schultz of Tim Sheets recently where Steve asked Tim how to respond to people who are filled with fear and doubt, who are having a difficult time knowing who and what to trust. Steve asked, how would you respond to people who say, I would like to believe this, I hope it's true, or I'm trying to believe this? And I really liked Tim's response. Tim said, quote, I would tell them to stop thinking about truth as a philosophy and start thinking of it as a person, end quote. Tim is explaining the origin and the architect of good and evil are both personified. Good is personified by God, and evil is personified by Satan. These are literal spirit persons from whom all good and evil emanate. Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. The person of Jesus is truth. Jesus said, Satan is the father of all lies. Therefore, Satan is lies and deception personified. When good and evil are recognized for what they are, the spirit person of Jesus and the spirit person of Satan, and not concepts of philosophies, then knowing who to put our trust in is easy for anyone who is willing to genuinely consider what they believe. Ask anyone if they want to be lied to, and they will emphatically state they do not want to be lied to. Yet, as the one man in the parable of the talent, many people maintain a wrong understanding about Jesus and about Satan, and as a result, they place their trust in a wrong understanding. As I've shared many times on this podcast, what has been playing out before us in the year, especially 2020, is the battle between good and evil. It may look like a battle over politics or government, but in reality, it is a battle between good and evil. It's been a battle of Jesus and his followers and Satan and his minions. The enemy of God has pulled out every stop, especially in 2020, to divert us from the truth and direct us away from the actual battle he is raging in attempt to defeat us. I loved what Hope Fires International posted about the ghost armies in the U.S. military during World War II. With understanding that Satan has utilized a similar maneuver, they posted a word inspired by God which reads, quote, The enemy has established his ghost army and has released them to distract the body of Christ. His plan in this hour is to get us fighting the wrong war so that he keeps us away from the real one. He has picked up on the weak discernment of many and is tricking them into fruitless fights. They will war against the wind, expend their energy, and never overcome in the real battle. But do not worry, because I am correcting the course of many. I am opening their eyes to what is real and what is simply an illusion, so they can fight the good fight of faith and overcome. End quote. Then they shared from 1 John chapter 4, verse 1, which reads, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God or from many false prophets who have gone out into the world. End quote. I highly recommend this post. In fact, I'll have a link 
to this particular post from Hope Fires International in my show notes. According to the Marxist playbook used by Hitler with Nazi Germany, the aim was to control the media. They understood whoever controls the media controls the mind. And this is exactly what's been playing out in the year 2020. The media has been used as a puppet for the evildoers to gain and maintain control over the populace. And this effort has been quite successful for decades until this year, 2021. God has been awakening his church to the truth. And in so doing, God is also giving us a public opportunity to choose whom we will serve. And as already pointed out, people will choose to serve according to what they believe, even if what they believe is wrong. I've shared that in the fall of 2019, God revealed to me that 2020 would be the year of justice, which is precisely why we've seen so much evil and wickedness exposed. If God had not exposed it exactly the way it's played out, we would never have believed the evil and wickedness existed as it truly does, and we would simply have continued on believing the lies. We would have continued on in our deception and holy huddles without making any righteous impact for Christ. I've been reading Kurt Landry's book, Reclaiming Our Forgotten Heritage, How Understanding the Jewish Roots of Our Christianity Can Transform Your Faith. It's been a really good read, which I recommend. But one point that he made is really pertinent right here about the word righteousness as used in Matthew 6, 33, which reads, Seek first the kingdom of God and its righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. When we consider the word righteousness from a Western or Greek and Roman thinking, we consider rules and what we must do to be in right standing with God. And in context of the passage, we understand if we are in right standing with God, then he will add all else to our life. It's really a performance-based understanding of the word righteousness. But from the Hebrew perspective, righteousness in the passage should be translated as justice, which is closely associated with acts of kindness charity, giving, and with its root word, it includes fairness. So in Hebrew, the word righteousness is more than just a legal correctness. It includes faithfulness in rescuing those in distress and showing mercy to sinners. So to accurately seek first the kingdom of God is to be an extension of God's justice toward all men. God has been exposing all manner of evil and corruption to bring his people to his call of action, to be instruments of his justice, which is to be administered in the years 2021 and beyond. We, the church, are called by God to be his instruments of justice, mercy, and fairness. We, each one who claim to be Christians, have a part in God's plan. He is calling each one of us to action at this very time. He's calling us to trust him as the plan maker. As much as we'd like to close the year on 2020 and never have to revisit it, the truth is we live in one extended continuum of events and circumstances as God unfolds his plan for humanity. Just as the New Testament is a continuum of the Old Testament, The New Testament did not eradicate the Old Testament. Instead, Jesus fulfilled specific aspects of the Old Testament in order to add to the original covenant new terms to be fulfilled by Christ followers. We who live in the New Testament era still are influenced and benefit from the Old Testament covenant promises. And in addition, because of Jesus, 
we now enjoy a new and better covenant with its specific promises. So looking at this new year of 2021 right before us, understand it is a continuum of 2020. The exposure of corruption will be met with God's justice in 2021. Understand, God works in segments within his timeline. We are living in the segment known as the church age, where the church is being established to be an influence in the world as never before. Before us is the much prophesied great harvest of souls, and God has been preparing us to be worthy and equipped for this great event. The decade of the 20s, 2020s, which began January 1st, 2020, is the start of 10 years characterized by the mouth. This first year in the decade, God has made us aware of the gross injustices and evil of all kinds, so the church can proclaim with our mouth the righteousness of God. Whenever we realize a word or deed that is contrary to the ways of God, it is the responsibility of the church to speak and bind that matter. Conversely, when we realize matters that are bound that God wants to have loosed, we must proclaim and speak to that. In this decade, especially, the church must no longer remain silent as we've been in past decades. To do so will bring upon us the severe discipline of God. Now, considering the new year from the perspective of gematria, let's look at the numbers. The number one in the Hebrew understanding is the number of solidarity or unity and denotes that which is sovereign. Now, I want you to really let this sink in. The year 2021 is set apart by God to be the year where the church takes her rightful place, regaining lost ground and territories that have been occupied by the enemy of God, and for us all to operate as one in unity, one church, one spirit, and the one true God. The year 2021 is the year of refocused faith on the plan maker above all else. Unity in our trust in God is what God is looking for in his church in this new year. With resolute unity in our trust in God, we will see great and mighty works of God in our midst. As the world has suffered greatly in 2020 due to COVID-19, due to the excesses and abuse by government, the controlled narrative propaganda of media, the plans of the elite to establish a one-world order, the deception and unlawful practices surrounding the election, and many more atrocities against humanity, God has been unfolding his plan. God, as the plan maker, has remained ahead of the enemy at every turn, positioning all things just right so he can show up on the scene and intervene in the affairs of humanity on a biblical scale. If you have not realized that God is entirely in control of all things, if you have been impacted by the many conflicting reports from media, and even if you've lost loved ones and material possessions through it all, I ask you to resolutely determine to trust the plan maker. Like the Hebrews being pursued by the Egyptians, God has not brought us to the edge of the Red Sea while the enemy seeks hard after us to capture and enslave us, only to fail us now. This is the time we must resolutely place our faith in God, our trust in God, confident of his character, his will, and intentions for his people. Now is the time we must praise him for being immutable, 
omnipotent, and directly involved in the affairs of mankind. Now is the time for us to look at the epic events of the Old Testament and how God always faithfully came through for his people who sought him and prayed to him with repentant hearts, confident he would hear their cries and heal their land, consistent with Second Chronicles seven thirteen and 14. This is the moment for the church to arise and display the glory of the Lord. I prophesy this year of 2021 will be the start of many profound blessings and turnarounds for God's people, including the transference of wealth and the great harvest of souls as part of the revival reformation many of us have been contending for. As Agnes Abedi prophesied, I agree 2021 is the start of a season of rapid recompense. And as we open our mouths to speak and declare the truth of God's word, all that was stolen will be immediately restored to us. In her prophetic post, she wrote, quote, I heard the Spirit of God say, this is payback season. Many in this season have felt robbed by the enemy in their businesses, their ministries, families, and cities due to the unprecedented circumstances that have taken place across the globe. I heard the Lord say that he is releasing and activating the force of the blessing that shall bring a drastic end to the attack of the devourer. The next few weeks are very strategic for the release of God's blessings and his hand of restoration. This is an Amos 9.13 season, where some have been in a seemingly endless season of delay. Many are now stepping into a season of acceleration and answers to prayers. I heard a loud, distinct clicking sound like the sound of a door being unlocked while praying and immediately I heard our father say the storehouses of heaven have been unlocked access has been granted the next few weeks will be marked by heavy heavenly activity as help is released from heaven in response to your prayers end quote You'll want to read the full prophetic post, so I provided a link to Agnes's post in the show notes. Additionally, as I sought the Lord to hear from him myself specific to this new year, I created an article entitled Considering the New Year 2021. I'll have a link to the article in the show notes. Be sure to read it because there are more insights for us to really grab hold of what the plan maker is doing beginning with the year 2021. And as always, the key is prayer, repentant hearts, and unreservedly trusting the plan maker. God is the plan maker who cannot fail to rescue us in his mercy and judgment. 2020 has been the year where God has established all things to be in position to receive his justice. Now is not the time to cower and hide. Now is the time to shout and praise and lift our voices, use our mouth in this decade of the mouth, proclaiming with our lips that we trust the plan maker. I am expecting 2021 to be a new year that ushers in many years of reward for God's people, consistent with Hebrews 11:6, which reads, and without faith, it is impossible to please him for whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who diligently seek him. We must step out now in unity with all faith in God, trusting he cannot fail us as it would be against his character 
and his promises and his revealed intentions for us. Let us praise him in unity for all he has done and all he is about to do in the year 2021 and the many years that follow. Next week, I want to have us consider how to transition into the new promised land for America and the world. Faith to Live By is a division of Pamela Christian Ministries, LLC, a ministry that offers many different goods and services. I invite you to visit my main website, PamelaChristianMinistries.com. Be sure to take advantage of the free resources and bonus items listed on the Charisma Podcast Network and on my webpage, FaithToLiveBy.com. On that landing page, there is a link for more information about my sponsors and partners. Again, if you've been blessed by my ministry, purchasing the goods and services I bring to you is really appreciated. And if you've enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on iTunes, Spotify, Google, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Your review helps the show reach more people and spread the gospel, and it also helps other people learn how to best apply their Christian faith. Please follow me on Facebook at Faith to Live by TV, on Twitter at PL Christian, and on LinkedIn at Pamela Christian. And lastly, visit my webpage for this show at faithtoliveby.com to enjoy all of the podcasts we've produced so far. And I hope you'll join me next week and tell your friends and family to listen right here on Faith to Live By, where we learn how to gain spiritual victory over life's issues. Until next week, I'm Pam Christian asking you to remember, Christ died for us. The least we can do is live for Him.